Well, the world likes to say that Christmas comes and goes with December 25th, but in the church we celebrate Christmas for 12 days up until Epiphany on January the 6th. So today marks the first Sunday of Christmas in the life of our church. We have a very challenging lectionary text that invites us to unpack the deeper purpose and meaning of the wonderful gift that we have received in Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, by moving us beyond the idyllic manger scenes of the Christmas story with their angelic proclamations and the cute baby in the manger and heavenly choirs and the unusual gifts brought by royal kings from afar. And instead, our text today challenges us to consider, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. So will you please stand for this reading from the letter to the Hebrews, the second chapter beginning in the 10th verse. (laughs) It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Since, therefore, the children share flesh and blood, He himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. We had only been in our new home for just a few days when I got the word that the young mother next door had been diagnosed with a stage four brain cancer. The family had a 13-month-old child at home and she was nine months pregnant. As soon as the second baby was born, the mom was immediately rushed into emergency brain surgery to remove her tumor. And unfortunately, during the procedure, some nerves were nicked which caused her to lose mobility and strength in the whole left side of her body, making it difficult for her to walk, to care for her infant, or do many other things. And this young child that was born also ended up struggling with several developmental delays. All this was, of course, followed by months of radiation and chemotherapy. I did what I could, praying for them, taking them meals and driving her to the store, helping with the kids and babysitting when she needed to be out for numerous doctor's appointments. But what really made the biggest difference for this family was the cancer support group that they found through a nearby Baptist church. They were people of faith, devout Catholics, but there was no such group in their own community. 
And at this time, more than ever, this family needed the wisdom, support, and encouragement of other cancer patients and cancer survivors. People who would understand what they were going through and know their fears. People who could give them hope that they might overcome and help them navigate insurance issues and medical bills and connect them with other support agencies and simply provide a compassionate presence. As you can imagine, recovery was slow for both this mom and her new baby, and their needs drug on for almost two years. Some of you may have been through similar tragedies, whether for cancer or grief support, addiction recovery, transplants or rare diseases, and you know that a community of people who have walked that road ahead of you can make all the difference in the world. I believe that the author of today's text wants to provide us a similar image of Christ. As the one who has lived our life, experienced our human temptations and struggles, and therefore as one who can lead us through our suffering into salvation. As one author notes, we are in this together, Jesus and we. This is the paradox of Christmas. Because of the incarnation, this helpless infant in the cradle will carry us through our most severe times of testing. This letter to the Hebrews was written as a pastoral message. In fact, many authors think it was probably more of a sermon delivered to a group of second-generation Jewish Christians who are struggling to persevere in their new faith. Their hopes for a better life with God were challenged by the delay in their expected return of Christ and by many external pressures in their community where they were experiencing imprisonment, confiscation of their property, and public dishonor and shame. Although they were not victims of persecution and death, they had plenty of reasons to grow lax in their faith, and to waver in their obedience and commitment and faithfulness to Christ. We can relate, can't we? For many of us, the newness and celebration of Christmas will quickly wear off. The challenges and struggles of last year haven't been magically erased, and our health isn't suddenly better, and human suffering remains all around us. When these temptations and challenges come, it's easy to falter and drift from our faith. When God's truth aren't easy or convenient, when our prayers aren't answered or we experience disappointments and setbacks, when we find ourselves alone in the world, when others say the Christian faith and values are ridiculous and they laugh at us for clinging to our traditions, where will we be? Will we embrace the gift that we have received in Christ Jesus. Today's text addresses the reality of human suffering. In stark contrast to the heretical Gnostic interpretations of the Gospels, Hebrews makes very clear that Christ does not come so that we can escape from our human bodies or from the suffering of this world. God does not wave a magic wand and wipe away our suffering, but God does enter it with us and give us a way through it so that we can overcome it and find hope for our future. And this is the real gift of Christmas. God does not remain untouched by our human condition. God hears our cries and does not abandon us in our despair. 
just as during the Exodus when God accompanied the people through the wilderness in the tabernacle and leading them with pillars of fire and wind to the promised land, so Jesus comes to lead us through our times of trial into God's glory. The gift of Christmas is that God enters our world in all of its brokenness and flesh and blood mess, joining us as our true brother in suffering, rejection, humility, and death. The baby we welcome at Christmas is fully divine and fully human. The incarnation is made complete not just by Christ's birth, but by his life and his death and his resurrection. And like us, Jesus' life is not marked by ease, but by challenge. He too faced temptation and trial. And through his suffering, he models for us the obedience and faithfulness that makes him the pioneer or the author and perfecter of our salvation. Jesus was born in an animal's manger because there was no room for him in the guest house. And he's welcomed by lowly shepherds. Shortly after Jesus' birth, his father Joseph is warned in a dream to take his family to Egypt. And under God's provision, the Holy Family becomes refugees in order to escape the mass killing of Hebrew children by King Herod, who is jealous upon hearing the news that a new king of the Jews has been born. Jesus, as a child, had to learn and grow in faith the same as you and I. And he was tempted in the wilderness by the devil for 40 days before beginning his ministry. His cousin, good friend, and most likely his mentor and partner in the ministry, John the Baptist, is beheaded. Jesus is constantly challenged, judged, and ridiculed by the religious and political authorities of his day who label him as an unholy threat to their faith. He is an itinerant teacher who, in his own words, has no place to lay his head. And he frequently associates with sinners and outcasts, causing him to be further marginalized. Christ's own disciples often misunderstand him, and he has to sneak away from the crowds in order to find rest or time to pray. He grieves the loss of his dear friend Lazarus, and he mourns over the people's rejection of God's love. The only one who was truly innocent, Jesus is tortured and tried as a common criminal and hung to die on a cross. God in Christ knows our suffering because he has fully entered it. And because Jesus has lived the same life that we have and experienced the same trials and temptations, he is gentle and merciful and compassionate towards us. This word compassion comes from root words meaning to suffer with, something God and Jesus certainly has done. Like those in my neighbor's cancer support group, Jesus is our champion, our guide, and our intercessor. God has suffered with us, and through his death and resurrection, God makes a way for us also to share in his glory. In his obedience and faithfulness, Christ shows us the way to salvation, enabling us to share in holiness and life with God. He is our example and mentor who demonstrates that it is possible to persevere and overcome suffering and death to experience new life. And in his resurrection, Jesus becomes our champion, showing us that death does not have the final word, 
And in this, Christ frees us from the clutches of Satan so that we no longer have to fear death's hold on us. Jesus, our high priest, has made the perfect sacrifice so that our sins and imperfections may be purified, and he continues to intercede on our behalf as one who is able to help those who are being tested. The real gift of Christmas is the knowledge that God continues to be with us in our suffering today. And although suffering is a part of this world, it is also a means through which we may become closer to God and to others. I'd like to return to my neighbor's story. Frustrated by their initial sense of loneliness and lack of support in their home church, but strengthened by their faith and the support of others who had walked that cancer journey ahead of them, this family overcame. They were determined that others in their own congregation should not have to go through such experiences alone. And even as the wife continued to fight for her life and regain her strength, the couple met with diocesan officials, cast a vision, went through multiple chains of command just to get approval, attended special training seminars out of state, and laid the foundation for what is now a thriving cancer support ministry in their own parish. They have used their experience of suffering to bless others, to let other people know that they are not alone in that journey. Who has helped make the gift of Christmas real in your life? Who has walked with you and led you through a difficult time? Who has been an example of faithfulness and obedience for you in their time of trial? And for whom might God be calling you to be a brother or sister in sorrow? How will we use our own experiences of temptation and suffering and loss to offer strength and wisdom and encouragement and hope to those who come after us? The gift of Christmas is the acknowledgement that our human struggles are real and that we are never alone in our suffering. The gift of Christ is the gift of light of a God and a people who accompany us and show us the way through our pain and loss, who offer encouragement and support and freedom from fear, and who always remind us that there is life and hope beyond any present darkness. It is within this community of faith that we and others truly come to understand and appreciate the real gift of Christmas, the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. So as we turn to this new year, may we walk in confidence with Christ, our brother, the pioneer of our salvation and our high priest, as we embrace our future with joy and excitement and expectant hope, as we seek to become more faithful and obedient disciples of the one who has shown us the way to God. Let us be thankful for this wonderful, 